All right, if you have your Bibles, would you turn me to Genesis chapter 1 tonight? I want to speak to you in our last part of our series. Um, It's called You Asked For It. And what we did a few months ago is we just took a poll and we asked people, what do you want to hear? Their top four sermons. What do you want to hear preached on? What do you want to hear taught on? And we had one of them, one of the top ones was end times of prophecy. Another one was stress. Another one was family. And and this is a, a message I've never, ever preached in my life was one of the topics that you wanted to hear was a message on priorities. And so I want to speak tonight in our last part of our series. You asked for it. I want to speak to you about priorities. It's kind of ironic that today is the day that I'm speaking on this. Um, I went to a funeral. I want to encourage you, if you know Sharon Cupido, uh, she's come to Crown Point for many, many years. Um, Her son-in-law passed away. The funeral was today. And as I go to this funeral, what keeps going on in my mind over and over and over is by the time that Barry Young dies, when this body has no life in it left, what makes the determination whether my life was successful or not will will be, where were my priorities? What's going to determine whether you live your life to its fullest is what you make time for. What are your priorities? I want to tell you tonight that where you are in life right now today, you're there because of what you've made, your priorities. How you look, how healthy you are, some of that we can't control, but a lot of that we can, and it's our priorities. How much money we have and where we spend it and how good our family relationships are, Priorities. And there's nothing that's in your calendar. I want you to receive this. There's nothing that's in your calendar that you don't allow. Nothing in my calendar that I don't allow. And so what I want to look at tonight is I want to look at, you asked for it, priorities. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And this is kind of where we begin. This is why priorities are so important. I want you to hear what the word says in in Genesis 1, verse 26. It says, then God said, whoo, I just love it when God speaks, amen? I mean, that's just power when God just speaks. The word says, then God said, let us make man in our image. You should never have low self-esteem because of that one verse. If the devil tries to tell you that you're worthless, don't listen to that. If somebody tries to tell you you're not smart enough, good-looking enough, not worth enough, that is a voice from the pit of hell. Friends, you are created in the image of God. And here's what the word says. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image. And I mean it. You're worth a lot because you're in the image of God. Man, I'm telling you, no price can be worth enough except the Lord Jesus Christ for your life because you're created in the image of God. In our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea. So let's hear this. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Friends, tonight, me and you, we're not like just the animals. God has given us 
a purpose, a supernatural destiny. He's given us a soul. He's given us a plan. And the greatness of his plan in our life ultimately comes down to our priorities. So I want to speak to you about that tonight. Would you just bow your hearts with me in prayer? Lord, thank you so much in Jesus' name for your word. God, thank you for the life that it gives. Thank you for the grace that it gives. I just ask you, Lord, to help every person that's here that needs to change their priorities in their money, in their marriage, in every area. Let those get changed tonight, we pray. We just love you and we thank you. Lord, thank you that my sins are forgiven. Lord, speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to give you, first of all, there's going to be just two main points here. First of all, I want to give you your top five priorities. And then I want to give you how do we keep our priorities in check once we get them there. So let's look at our top five priorities. Now, some of this is going to be really basic. But how many know you got to go back to the basics? There are times that if we get away from the basics, we get, a li- we get away from what God wants us to have the most. So let's look at number one. What is our number one priority? Number one overall. It's there in your notes. Almost every kid in our church can quote this verse. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Number one. Your number one priority is establish a living, active, healthy relationship with God. You know what? There's a lot of people that need to be shaken because they've started a relationship with God, but there's no life in it. How many of you have seen marriages, but man, oh man, you don't want your marriage like that? How many of you seen relationships that technically they've got a ring on their finger, but there's no sizzle? No juice in the caboose. No fifth gear in the transmission. Man, I can tell you, there are times that Kelly and I will see marriages and we refuse to let ours get in that condition. Okay. There are people that they are Christians. And if they died, they'd go straight to heaven. And their sins are forgiven. But their relationship with God's not active. It's not life-giving. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says we're a peculiar people. And it doesn't mean that spirit-filled people are both supposed to be weird. Do I have an amen? It doesn't mean we're supposed to act weird. Do I have an amen? Or look weird. Or talk weird. You know what it says? And you know what it means? When it says that we're supposed to be a peculiar people, here's what it means. That when people come up, bump up against us in life, that they look at us and say, man, there's something different about them. I like that. Being a peculiar person means that, that people get next to us and they see how we, how we treat our spouses. and they, they see how we spend our money. They see how we, he, we, we live out our walk with God. And they're like, whoa, I need that. Friends, I want you to know something. Your number one priority is to have a living relationship with God. I didn't say a relationship. I said a living relationship. Man, I mean, where you, where you get out of bed in the morning and, and that's when your communion starts. You just begin to commune with God. Where it's a, it's a living relationship where, you, where you're just meeting with him. And, and you know what? 
This is the center point of all because we're going to talk about relationships with your family. We're going to talk about your money. We're going to talk about all these different things. But you know what I've learned? When I'm walking close to God, it just seems like all those things fall into place. It just seems like when his word is in my heart and and I'm excited about it, man, it just, it's like everything comes together. But you know what? When that number one priority is gone, everything is gone. You know, anytime I do premarital counseling with a couple, the number one first session, Dan, every time is we go, I go, meet with this couple and we, I call it the ultimate foundation. No amount of wedding books are gonna help you out if Jesus Christ isn't Lord of your marriage. No amount of Dave Ramsey books are gonna help your finances if Jesus Christ isn't the Lord of your pocketbook. And so we've got to make sure that's our number one priority. And and friends, I want to tell you, if you've got more time for sports than Jesus, he's not your top priority. Don't shout me down, I'm preaching good. It'd be different if our team was going to the Super Bowl. Maybe we could find something out on that. I was, I was, Kelly and I were traveling this weekend and I looked down at my phone, I'm like, 21, nothing. (laughs) Lord, forgive me. Okay. But friends, I want you to know something. The way we spend our time, it tells God how important we is. If we come to church and we say, we love you, Jesus, and we don't spend any time in his word, that's not what he hears. I'm going to get in your seat tonight. That's okay. If we come here, oh, man, praise God, Patrick. How are you, brother? And then we go live like hell through the week. That's not what he hears. You know, my prayer is, my prayer is honestly that every person I bump up against, they see Jesus Christ. And sometimes they see him really clear in this bald head. And sometimes I screw up and they don't see him very clear. But you know what? We just come back to Jesus the next day. Praise the Lord. We're right back on it. So I want to ask you tonight, is the Lord really your top priority? Is he? Is the Lord truly your priority? Because you know what? When Jesus is your priority, everything else comes into second place. You know what I've seen with some Christian people? I've seen some Christian more people more concerned about the house they own than the home they provide for their kids. Can I borrow an amen? I've seen some Christians, they're more concerned about how they appear to other people than what they let in their heart. They're more concerned about what other pink people think about how much money they have and how they look and how they sound and where they live and all hell is broke loose in their heart. There's lust, there's sin, there's nothing in there. Our top priority is found in John 3.30 and it says you must become greater and I must become less. That's number one. Let's look at number two. So our top priority It's having a living, active relationship with God, and everything else has to pale in comparison. Number two. Number two. Let's look at Exodus 20, verse 12, and Exodus 20, verse 17. Here's what the word says. It says, honor. Everybody say honor. Honor. You guys are kind of obedient tonight. Praise God. It says, honor your father and mother until you're 18 years old. No time limit on that commandment. 
Honor your father and mother. Then look what, what's verse 17 say. You shall not covet your neighbor's what? You shall not covet your neighbor's. You shall not covet your neighbor's. No doubt about it. And you know what I look at? When I look at that, that's household. You don't covet your neighbor's marriage. You don't covet their job. You don't covet their car. You don't covet uh, what, what type of money they make. You, you know what that scripture tells me, that commandment in Exodus 20, verse 17? It says, thou shalt not covet your neighbor's house. But do you know what else it means? Get your eyes off your neighbor. You know what else it means to me? Get your ears, eyes, and dirty little paws out of other people's business and keep them in your business. It means stop worrying about other people and you start worrying about you. It means, hey, let God judge other people. You work with God in your life. So here's, here's our second priority. It, it's to support your family in prayer, words, and actions. Now, do you know what a lot of Christians do is we confuse our kids. This is really what some Christians do. I've seen this time and time again. I was a youth pastor for eight years. I saw it there, and I still see it today. What we'll do is on a regular Sunday or Wednesday, we will have kids that their parents will bring them to this church, and they'll come in these doors, or they'll go in the doors upstairs, and they will drop their kids off, and their kids will hear Pastor Mary preach an awesome sermon, or they'll hear Pastor Jeremy teach an incredible message. But then when they go home, they don't see any gospel in the home. When they don't go home, they don't see any unconditional love in the marriage. When they go home, they don't see purity brought into the house by what entertains the family. Friends, I want to tell you, your second priority is your family. You know, I pray that when I'm 80 or 90 years old, should Jesus tarry and I pass away and, and there I am in that front casket and I've already told Kelly, close casket and picture, put a picture of me on some beach or something right on that casket with a plate of ribs or something. You know what I'm saying? Something, something. Okay, well, my prayer is, I hope that people will be able to say, man, he was a great pastor. I hope they'll be able to say, he was crazy and bald and loud and awkward, but man, the man just loved Jesus. But you know what, above everything else, I want the people to be saying that that's my family. Friends, I want to tell you, your family needs to be your second priority. Right below the Lord. If you're so involved with peripheral things that you can't be involved in your family, it's time to turn that around. If, if your spouse does not know how you are so incredibly in love with them and passionately after their heart, if your spouse doesn't know that, it's time to change that tonight. You know what? What I found that helps out in marriages is if your spouse knows that you love them with an uncontrollable love, it helps them overlook when you act like an idiot. At least Kelly knows that my heart's in the right place, although my mouth might not be. Fr friends, our family needs to be number two. 
more important than, you know, some people, they show their family how much they love them by giving them money. Friends, that's not love. Pastor Newby says it this way, love is T-I-M-E, and I gotta preach quick. Let's go number three, third priority. Number one, relationship with God. Number two, a living, acting relationship with your family. And then number three, um, you've gotta ask and receive from God his supernatural destiny for your life. Are you walking in the destiny God wants you to have? If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. There's a clear difference between living in destiny and existence. Big difference. Did you hear that? There are some Christians, they just simply exist. And then there are some Christians, they're living life. What's John 10, 10 say? Most of you here have heard me quote this many times. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God comes that they might have life and have it more. More abundantly. Man, God wants you off the chain having his abundant life. But you gotta know his destiny. I wanna ask you, are you content to exist? Not me. I'm not content to exist. I've made a decision by the time this body fails, I'm gonna do everything I can for the Lord, for my family, and in God's destiny. I refuse to let go of God's supernatural plan for my life. And can I tell you, you don't have to be a pastor to have a supernatural divine destiny for your life. If what you're doing is done unto the Lord, then you know what? There's a destiny behind that. Now, if you're working just so you can make money and and support all the, the, the fun stuff that you like to do, that's not a supernatural destiny. But there's nothing wrong with that. But when you work unto the Lord, it changes everything. I have seen car dealers use their dealership unto the Lord. I've seen attorneys use their practice unto the Lord. I've seen people over and over and over. You know, I see that every day. I have told this to Pam and I think maybe Deborah. Pam and Deborah are phenomenal. If Pastor or I aren't here at the church, the church will survive. If Pam and Deborah aren't here, we are screwed. I mean, I'm just telling you right now. Everything that they do behind the scenes. I mean, they work so hard. And, and, and here's the amazing thing. They come to church here even. I mean, I'm surprised that they even come here. After, I mean, okay, but what do they do? I, I, they're in the ministry every bit as much as we are. And, and, and friends, I just want you to get this. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. God has a destiny for your life. Can I tell you, I'm just going to give you one example of two couples in our life that are radically changing Lee Summit, Missouri. Can I tell them to you real quick? Um, Jane Endicott and George Endicott. A couple years ago, I'll never forget, I picked up my cell phone and I heard one of the worst voice messages I've ever heard. Their 30-year-old son had a tragic heart attack and died. Gene and Myrna Gamble, they attend our church. And in the 1970s, their 15-year-old son, tragic accident on their home, gone. You know what they did? They said, God, we're going to give you this horrible tragedy and let you turn it into a supernatural destiny. You know what they lead at our church now? 
It's called the Grief Share Life Group. And unless you've lost somebody like that, it's really hard to know what to say and what to do. And what they've done is they started a ministry that for people that they lose a loved one in a tragic manner, guess what Crown Point Church has? We got a place to send those people. We just can't come in here and say, oh, well, Jesus loves you and smile. Listen, that's not going to cut it when your 18-year-old kid commits suicide. That ain't going to cut it. What they've done is they've taken the, they've taken the worst tragedy imaginable. And they said, Lord, we give it to you. What's God doing now? People that don't come to our church are now coming to our church because they've used their pain for God's glory. People who would have no hope, no joy, no peace, now they're coming to a place where they can experience Psalm 147, verse 3, and it says this, he heals the broken heart and he binds up their wounds. Why? Because they've tapped into their supernatural destiny. And I just beg you tonight, would you get into God's destiny for your life? Number four. Man, i got to preach quick here. Number four here. Fourth, big, big, big priority. Look at Philippians 1.6. It says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Stay on course with the destiny God gives you. I've seen so many people. Man, God touches their life. They get a touch of destiny. They get a touch of God's supernatural wisdom. And they start running for God and stop. They start running for God and trip up. They start doing something for God and turn around or they get stuck. Friend, once God speaks to you, stay on course. Um, you get into a 737 Southwest Airlines airplane. If that airplane pilot gets off course one degrees, you're in big trouble. Best case scenario, you miss your destination. Worst case scenario, you hit a mountain and die <laughs> by just getting off course a little bit. How many of you have seen Christians that God started using them and they got off course? Man, don't get off course. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says that God will enable us to overcome anything that the devil throws against us. Let me give you number five here real quickly. Number five, fifth priority. Number one, establish a living relationship with God. Living, not churchy, but living. Number two, support your family in prayer, words, and actions. Number three, ask and receive from God a supernatural destiny for your life. Number four, stay on course. And number five, don't let yourself get burned out. Don't. Don't let yourself get burned out. You know, there's a couple ways we get burned out. We get burned out by the things of this world, don't we? Man, if you just watch the news and you believe everything that comes on that boob tube, man, you're going to be so depressed you won't be able to get out of bed the next morning. If you watch and you start believing what's on TV, you're not going to believe, you're going to believe in one year we won't have any energy, we won't have any food, and we won't have any oxygen. But good morning. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, if you just believe all that this world has to offer. Okay. Let's say you make it out of bed. <laughs> Well, then you got to go to work. <laughs> and, and many of you, you've got that boss that, I mean, you would just swear they were a demon from the pit of hell. You know what I'm saying? Somehow they escaped. <laughs> or, or maybe you've got a co-worker that is a pain in the posterior area of your body. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there, there's some, and then, and then you got to just deal with people at work. And then if you can make it past that, the devil will attack our families, won't he? You know a sign of a godly family? You ready for this? 
A sign of a godly family is the devil's always trying to attack them. So if you're getting attacked by the devil, that's good news. <laughs> hey, listen, the devil doesn't need to attack ungodly families. They're already, that, somebody need to hear that tonight. So, so here, here's the thing. The way we get and we avoid burnout goes back to priority number one, meeting alone with God. It's right there in your notes, Psalm 55, 22, cast all your cares upon God. But let me give you one more. It's Psalm 46, 10. It's not in your notes, but I want you to hear what it says. Psalm 40 ticks, 40 ticks. This is a camping course tonight, okay? 40 ticks, no. Psalm 46, 10 says this. It says, be still and know that I am God. You know why when people come through Crown Point 101 to 401, we challenge every person who makes Crown Point their home to have a daily quiet time with God? It's how you avoid burnout. I, I just want you to know that you can't meet with God and not get rejuvenated. You can't meet with God and not get hope. You cannot meet with God and not receive his supernatural power. You know what the Bible teaches us? that the people who came in contact with Jesus in the New Testament, you know what happens? Their lives were changed. So let me give you five, how do we keep, real quickly, how do we keep our priorities in line? First of all, keep your eyes on God. Stay out of other people's business. Oh, well, Barry, they're doing wrong. Well, you've done wrong too. Thank God they didn't get in your business. Stay out. Stay out. Here's what the Bible says. It's right there in your notes. It's Proverbs. Uh, chapter 4, verse 25 says, fix your gaze directly before you. Fix your gaze directly before you. Put your eyes on God. You know why the devil wants you and me focused on our problems? Our problems always seem bigger when we stare at them. You know what? The, the nagging voices of the devil, they always seem more powerful when we're listening for them. Now, wives, how many of you know that your husband has the ability to have selective hearing? Do I have any amens from any wives? You have a husband that has the ability to have selective hearing. Why can't we have selective hearing with the devil? Where the devil is just saying all these lies about us and we just tune him out. Do you know what? You can't tune the devil out if you don't tune Jesus in. Okay, so you got to fix your gaze directly before you. Let's look at number two as the band comes to play real softly. Number two, so how do we keep our priorities in line? Don't forget what happens when your priorities get out of line. I just want you to look up here for a second. Do you know what happens when your priorities get out of line in your marriage? Lots of pain for the entire family when your priorities get out of whack. You know what happens to your kids when you're not the parents God wants you to be and your priorities aren't right? You stamp in their lives problems that they might face for the rest of their lives because of what you input, imprinted in there because your priorities were off. What happens in our finances? All of a sudden, we take our eyes off God and we start doing our finances our own way. All of a sudden, vast amounts of debt. Yeah. What, what happens in our hearts? You know, 
guys, when we start allowing images to, to get into our view and into our spirit and lustful thoughts and all this stuff, all of a sudden our heart just turns to this ugly thing. The Bible says it this way in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. And once we get our priorities out of step, we just start inviting sin into our life. Let's look at number three. So how do we, how do we keep our priorities in line? Number one, we keep our eyes on God. Number two, we don't forget what happens when our priorities get out of line. Let's look at number three. So how do we keep our priorities in line? Number three, develop a daily quiet time with God. As long as I'm alive, I will preach that to every person that will listen to me. You know why? Statistics tell us that of all these people here tonight, not even half of you spent time today with God. And that's why there's so many problems in this country. Man, when we get in God involved, things turn around. What's happened in our country? We kick God out of the classroom. We kick God out of the government. What happens? Well, same thing happens in our family when we kick God out of our family. You can be coming to Crown Point Church every Sunday and every Wednesday. Man, you can be coming to Life Group. But if you're not meeting alone with God, the words God gives Barry Young will only help you so much. The words God gives Pastor Bill Newby will only help you so much. We all need to hear from God daily. What's the Bible say? Look at Mark 135. How many know Jesus is the ultimate model? Amen? Jesus is the model. Amen? Here's what he modeled, Mark 135. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Number four. Okay, so, so how do we keep priorities in line? Number four, keep reminding yourself of why you're doing what you're doing. Did you hear that? Keep, keep reminding yourself of why you're doing what you're doing. When I was in Weight Watchers, we weighed people every week. You know why? We want to keep people reminded, okay, this is why you're doing this. This is why you're making these changes. This is why you're doing this. And, and friends, we need to know that in our marriage. Almost every time I hear of a marriage getting divorced, the Holy Spirit quickens to my heart. This is why you do what you do, Barry. When, when I go to a funeral, the Holy Spirit quickens my heart. Okay, Barry, this is why you need to be telling people about Jesus because tomorrow's not promised. So what's the Bible say in James 4, 14? Look at what the word says. It says, you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. We need to have our priorities straight because this life is not long. Is it? No. How many of you, don't raise your hand, but it just feels like yesterday you were in your 20s. Just feels like a couple days ago you were in your teenager. This life is not long. And, and, and you know what I want for my life and for yours? That we've fought the fight. We've run the race. That we've established, we, we've built a dynasty, we've built a heritage in the kingdom of God. Let me give you number five as we close. This last one tonight. Number five here. So how do we keep our priorities in line? Don't let your relationship with God get stale. Look at Proverbs twenty two thirty two. Pardon me, Matthew twenty two thirty two. It says this. It says, He is not the God of the dead. But he's the God of the living. He's the God of the living. 
you know, if we ignore truth, does that mean it's no longer truth? I can say all day long, I don't believe in gravity. I don't believe in gravity. I refuse to believe in gravity. Doesn't matter. I rebuke you, gravity. I refuse to believe in it. Doesn't matter. And you know what? If your faith isn't in God, if you don't receive the word of God, you can ignore it all you want, but it's true. No doubt about it. And these priorities, this message tonight is true. Friends, as the children of God, number one, we need a living, solid, active relationship with God. Number two, we need to pour everything we can into our families. Number three, we need our third priority to finding out what is God's supernatural plan for our lives. What is his purpose for us waking up and breathing in the morning? And do it. Would you bow your hearts with me tonight in prayer? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.